To our Goonies movie mini. Yes, the Goonies. We have time traveled to the year 1985. It is June 7th. Goonies has just been released in the theaters, Bill. I am, I believe, 13. And uh, I'm you, six. And you're, you're six. <laughs> I'm six years old. And I'm taking you to the movies. You're my you're my my new best friend. The authorities and, will be waiting for me outside. Yeah, in inappropriately too old. <laughs> But uh, we decided to revisit favorite films of the 80s. And thinking back to Goonies, what is it about the Goonies? It's There's definitely the nostalgia factor there. That's a huge part of it. There's definitely the childhood kind of fantasy element, the whole having friends and going on adventures kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, I think that's the biggest part of it is having a, a tight group of friends and going on an adventure that kind of a mysterious adventure right you know anything that involves a treasure map you know yes exciting so today we're going to explore the goonies and we want everyone to come with us please join us on our adventure (laughs) and by the way i am uh the jaystrom and this is mulberry bill hello bill hello want to introduce us there But, of course, you all know who we are because you want to listen to this and you paid for it. So thank you very much for supporting Nowhere in Mulberry. Right, Bill? Yes, thank you very much. Thank you, thank you. So let's get into the Goonies. I don't remember the specifics, but, of course, when you're a kid that age, you see commercials for a movie. And you're like, oh, I want to see that. That looks cool. I can remember you can go on YouTube and watch the theatrical trailer. And I did. And I was thinking... There's no way I'd want to see this movie now. Just the trailer isn't that great. But when you're a kid, it really appeals to you. That whole, you can't tell what's going on and uh, it looks mysterious. And You know, I don't even remember the trailer. The first exposure to me was probably television commercials. Steven Spielberg presents The Goonies, a Richard Donner film. Join Mikey. I got you! Brand. Stephanie. Chunk, I hope that was your stomach. That's the end. And Data. Wow! is coming! You can hear me! Run! The Goonies, rated PG. Special advance preview, Saturday, June 1st. And then seeing that poster of all the kids hanging from the stalactite and then hanging on to right. one another. And of course, then in the 80s, 1985, you know, you know the name Steven Spielberg. It's synonymous with great family entertainment, right? Is it great family entertainment? Oh yes, that yeah, name. Yeah, I guess it is the whole Amblin thing, dude. It's 1985. Steven Spielberg, you're guaranteed to have a great time at the movies. Think of it, Gremlins. You know, the Raiders of the Lost Ark, and you're guaranteed. And it's then around that time, also. You know, I'm 13 years old. I figured out that just because it has his name on it doesn't mean he directed it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, Wait a Wasn't second. it? I think the big mystery on that one was um, 
Was that batteries not included? Right. You're like, oh, what is this? Steven Spielberg did batteries not No, he didn't. He didn't do that. <laughs> he didn't do batteries not included. It was That was one of those movies where the trailer and the commercials were, oh, cool. Five ordinary people needed a miracle. Help us, somebody. Then one night, Faye Riley left the window open. Welcome to America. This is history. Machines that reproduce themselves. They're spaceships. From a very small planet. Steven Spielberg presents a Matthew Robbins film. Batteries not included. And then you go to see it and you're like, Where's time with it? Is this almost over? I'm still not sure I even remember all of it. About I just remember being bored out of my mind and going, <laughs> what's with the old people? Yeah, Batteries Not Included was 1987. Man. Who directed that? Let's see. That was directed by Matthew Robbins. Oh, he became a huge name. Yeah, Matthew Robbins. <laughs> Who the hell is Matthew Robbins? Oh, I think that's that's kind of the eternal question after batteries not included. Okay, he did Corvette Summer with Mark Hamill, Dragon okay. Slayer, The Legend of Billy Jean. Ooh. I've at least heard of his movies, and he did a movie called Bingo. I guess I think That was with the dog that yeah. goes across the country. It was like Pee Wee's Big Adventure with a dog. That's it, nineteen ninety one. The last movie he did was Bingo. And The Legend of Billie Jean was the movie where Helen Slater was uber hot, right? Right, right. She had that short dude. Oh, my God. Yeah, so 1985, Steven Spielberg produced several movies. Fandango, Goonies, Back to the Future, Young Sherlock Holmes, and, of course, he directed The Color Purple. So he had a pretty busy year that year. Fandango. Right, that's that Kevin Reynolds movie, isn't it, with uh, Kevin Costner? Oh, the the um the road trip movie. Right, right. Okay, yeah. So I never knew Steven Spielberg was involved in that in any way. It says executive producer uncredited. That's why. Oh. But still, and you remember this is a year after Gremlins, and the I the only reason I thought of Gremlins is because later on, you know, they reference Gremlins, which is pretty funny actually. Oh, in Goonies. Yeah, yeah, I thought you were talking about Fandango. I've never seen it. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> okay, so let's get to Goonies. It's a it's a childhood movie. These kids, they live on the Goondocks, right, Bill? Yes, in Astoria, Oregon, I believe. And these rich assholes, I guess, are buying up all the property. Which, I mean, if we go back to the history of time, how many times has that been a plot point where some rich developer is going to ruin everything for everybody? Earliest I can remember is It's a Wonderful Life, but I'm sure it's even earlier than that. Oh, man. Either you're going to throw a big show, you know, like to raise the money, or you're going to have a party, like, and have kegs and have everyone pay to get in. That'll cover the payment. <laughs> uh, yeah. But in the Goonies, you're going They're to... They're going to shut down our uh, fraternity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Goonies are going to get treasure. And the the one thing I've the seen, way they happen upon it is so random. Oh my god, that's one thing that I kind of forgot about as I've seen this so many times. And you watch the Goonies on cable, you pick it up whatever moment it, at, it is. You don't even mm-hmm. watch it from the beginning. But as I was sitting there uh, yesterday rewatching the Goonies, I turned the lights off, turned it up really loud. The movie starts with the cool skull, and it goes right into the eye hole of the skull. You know, that's the cool. eye hole, <laughs> the, the socket. 
Yes, the socket. And, you know, you have the escape of the Fratellis, Robert Davi there, he's hanged himself, and... That's a really disturbing opening yeah, for a kid's movie. You know, hanging, jail. He's dead. All the people, like, being escorted out of their cells, like, you know, yeah, it's time to... criminals. Yeah, and then there's Robert Davi hanging in the cell. Yeah, okay, dead guy. Okay, that's kind of unstable for this kid's movie. <laughs> um, he escapes, and they've got the cool gasoline thing set up, and... They have that music, that Goonies music by, I believe, Dave Grusin. Dave Grusin, right. TikTok. That music, <laughs> that music <laughs> has become so iconic to movie trailers, hasn't it? Absolutely. Dun, 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 dun. You know, that whole... Who would have thought that someone like Dave Grusin would come up with something? I mean, when I think of movie <laughs> themes... That is up there in my top five of my right. of my childhood. I mean, it's near the top. Back to the Future, Alan Silvestri is probably the number one. I mean, you just can't beat that. But Goonies is easily number two. Right, that dun, 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 dun. It's such an intense, like, vibrant sense of adventure with it. Yeah. I really like the opening montage of introducing all the Goonies during the car chase. I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> the car chase... There's so much chaos going it's around, ridiculous. and there's one shot of Anne Ramsey, like, eating a cracker yeah, or a sandwich, and she's so, like, dead calm. Yeah, she's not worried about it at all. She, no. She's the only person in the whole movie who knows that they all live in a cartoon world or something. Like, yeah, I think you're right. Nothing can really happen. She's the only one that's been clued in of the craziness. Yeah, she's like, we live in a cartoon, everything will be fine. Aren't the cops even opening fire on them? They are! Yeah, they're, they the opened fire of on them. this little town, they're opening fire, and at one point... Uh, during the introduction of Mouth, he's helping his dad with the sink, and he's watching some old gangster movie right. where there's a car chase shootout. He turns off the TV and then thinks that it's still on yeah. because there's the chase and the shootout outside his house. Turn that TV off, son. I can't hear myself think. Yeah, right, Dad. Huh? Yeah, and he's like, what the hell? And he bangs on the TV because you still hear the sirens. And also the uh, the way they introduce Data. Data, as a kid, he was my favorite character <laughs> because he invents cool stuff. And he I invents never... cool stuff that just doesn't work. What, what's or, what's well. so funny about that, as a kid, it didn't register with me that it didn't work. I just thought it was cool how he made these inventions. But really, he's he's sucks at it, doesn't he? He's terrible. Well, it, later on in the film, he basically has a nervous breakdown. Right, right. About how he can't make anything work right. And but as a kid, when I'm watching, it, I'm like, awesome. But as an adult, <laughs> yesterday, I'm like, man, that poor kid just can't. That get kid is right. an idiot. <laughs> yeah, like he makes the cool dart thing on his belt buckle, and it launches at the trash can. And he's pulling it, and then it pulls him into the trash can. That's powerful. But do you realize that that if you watch that scene again, his invention saved his life. He would have been run over by a car. Yeah, absolutely. So it actually pulled him to safety. Well, so. there his his <laughs> stupid inventions that never work save his life several times. Several times throughout <laughs> the course of the film. That's great. Martha Plimpton's character of Steph. Do you know why she was dunking her head underwater? Was she trying to catch a crab with her teeth? 
What was going she on? She didn't there? catch it with her teeth because she pulled it up with her, her hands, but maybe that's her job is to retrieve crabs from the barrel? Yeah, what the hell is she doing in that scene? I've never I've known. always wondered that. Like, what is, who is she and why is she doing that? I guess I need to- and Does she not smell like fish? Right. She would smell horrible. And, uh, yeah. I wonder if that's on the Goonies commentary. I watched it a long time ago, and I need to go back and watch well, it. Yeah, where they're they're all now adults. And... See if they mention why the hell she's dunking her head in water, retrieving a crab. I don't think anyone has a, a chance to talk over Corey Feldman. Oh, yeah, you mean on the commentary? Yeah. yeah. He loves to talk, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, he's just chattering a mile a minute on that thing. <laughs> but, you know, my favorite part is when they introduce Chunk, he immediately shows his physical kind of uh comedy there yeah because he's like oh he's got the pizza and he pushes it up he, on the window he's got the chocolate shakes he can't get close enough to the, to the chase <laughs> <laughs> he's pushing his whole body into the window i know and he squirts the shake all over his face and he goes again this is a kid's movie he goes oh, shit. <laughs> yeah I I, again another very appealing sense to a kid's movie if you can and it was really smart that they did this. If you can make a kid feel more adult, they're right. going to enjoy it that much more. Right. I mean, how many times was there a movie? I remember when I was a little kid, I think it was Pinocchio where they uh, said jackass when one of them turned into a donkey. Right. And I thought that was like freaking genius. I was like, oh, I'm watching a kid's movie and they say ass. So to have kids like uh, Chunk going, oh, shit. Oh, <laughs> shit. Yeah, and he, it's such a great introduction to such a neurotic mess of a character. Yeah, he really was. I mean, they had all the fat jokes in there that he loved to eat all the time. He's always hungry. And he's a slob. I mean, just the way he's pushing the pizza up against the window. But and really, <laughs> that kid rules in, in Goonies. He really is. Oh, he, he, I mean, other than the Fratellis, he owns the film. And then whenever you put them together, it's just beautiful. It is. That opening scene when the Fratellis escape, they escape basically on a beach race. <laughs> like, a well-timed beach all-terrain vehicle race. Yeah, Mama Fratelli, she had it all worked out the whole time. No yeah, I, it, yeah, and you know what? You're right. That's why she was so calm. Because she knew, she knew exactly what she was doing and where she was going. And then we established... Francis and Jake fight. The Fratellis, they're like cartoon bad guys, but they are deadly also, which is kind of weird. They're monsters. Yeah. That's what I think is weird, like the concept that they escaped jail, but they're still there in town and the town's not that big. You would think the cops would be out looking for him or something, you know? It's very Keystone Cops-ish in the chase, especially the way the cops put the entire town in danger. Yeah, just opening fire. They're afraid of fire. I could easily jump over that gasoline fire. <laughs> I mean, what, what's going to happen if you run through a gasoline fire? Nothing. Yeah, just jump over it. I mean, come on. The movie introduces Mikey and Brand, and they're yes. all bummed out. And one thing, can I just call attention to the fact that Mikey has asthma? Yes, it's serious asthma, apparently. He uses his inhaler, I don't know how many times. I wanted to count, but I lost count. I've known oh. several people with asthma in my life. My wife has asthma. If they use the inhaler, they use it once a day. Yeah. Well, if you use it more than once, it somehow you create a dependence or your lung gets dilated too much or something. You definitely I don't know the don't. medical science of it, but it's dangerous to use it more than once. Right. But I think Mikey, he has heroin in his. 
<laughs> because he hits that thing, I'm going to say at least 10 times in the movie. <laughs> kind of like Clarence Boniker's little Coke thing yeah. that he uh, sticks up his nose and snorts throughout the film. And there's several movies that I can think, I can't name any right now, but I've seen where people have movie asthma where they keep <gasps> inhaling from the, uh, the inhaler. Sure, like at intense moments. Right, right. They yeah. do that. It's kind of like their hit or whatever. It always drives my wife Heather crazy because, you know, she has that. And she was like, you don't use it like that. You don't use it in moments of stress like that. You use it when you're I haven't seen that cliche used in a long time, but in the 80s. I remember there's a one movie with David Duchovny called Playing God. And I believe that the FBI agent who's in that, he uses his inhaler multiple times in the movie. Okay. He's taking hits off his inhaler. But uh, I'm going to one day look up asthma inhalers in movies and see how often. But they always use it like it's a cigarette or something, like something you take a hit off of. Something to give, like, a sense of relief. Yeah. So we've determined that Mikey, he's kind of a sad, scared little kid who's always taking hits off his uh, albuterol. One thing I oh, noticed, that's good albuterol. They establish it really early that Brand likes to correct people. Because uh, Mikey, he's a dumbass, and he can't say anything right, and so he's always mispronouncing words, and Brand is correcting him. I was just trying to delete myself. No, no. You know, uh, uh, dictate myself. That's delude yourself, dummy. That's what I said. And even later, the mom mispronounces something, and uh, Brand goes, Mom, and he corrects her. Someone needs to slap Brand around, don't they? He takes one step outside, and you are in deep, absolutely the deepest... Shit, Ma. I don't like that language. See, I kind of felt bad for Brand. I felt like, you know, he works his ass off, obviously, to uh, look his best. Right. And uh, (laughs) appear as cool as he possibly can in a bad situation. Right. You know, he likes the hot cheerleader. His family's kind of poor. He doesn't have a car. He has a bicycle. Everyone else seems really rich. Yeah, he's kind of just like making the best of a bad situation, and he's surrounded by a father with his head in his cl- in the clouds. Right. A mother who probably is more than just a little bit stupid. She somehow broke her arm doing something. Yes, she broke her arm doing something, and she can't pronounce anything right. Right, neither can uh, Mikey. So, and, yeah, and Mikey's the, way, the same way. So I, I honestly felt bad for him. It's safe to say that their dad is also a huge nerd, isn't it? Yeah. So, He's a museum curator of a museum in Astoria, Oregon. Right. And where so- apparently there are houses, yet no one lives. <laughs> yeah. There's like no one on the street. It's just gloomy, rainy constantly. And uh, they established that Brand also worked forever mowing lawns, I think. To, yeah, like, he mowed his... lawns all summer to get his bicycle. Yeah. And his tires apparently don't have uh, yeah. proper... I still don't understand that scene, but we'll, we'll get to that when... Uh... <laughs> yeah. Because Mouth shows up. Yes. And I don't know why anyone is friends with Mouth, because he's the most annoying kid ever, isn't he? He's an asshole. He's like, hey, Mikey. Ah, oh, it's Mouth. Hey, Mikey. Yo, Mikey. He's annoying, and yeah. he gives Brand hard time for uh, failing his driving test. I don't even know why <laughs> Brand puts up with him. He's an older kid, you know? <laughs> Come on, what's the matter? What is this, a nuclear Saturday or something? Come on, guys. It's our last weekend together. Last Goonie weekend. We gotta be going out in style. Cruising the coast. 
sniffing some lace down in the bruise. But no! The one older brother had to go and screw it up. And then uh, we have the introduction of Chunk. As in the, the jerk alert. Yeah, jerk alert. No, we have the famous truffle shuffle. And one thing I notice now is Brand and Mikey are not into the truffle shuffle. Maybe, no. Maybe at one time when they were younger it was funny, but they're kind of sickened by it. I just saw the most amazing thing in my entire life. First you got to do the truffle shuffle. Come on. Do it. Come on. Do it. Mouth is continues to enjoy humiliating Chunk. Right. And they've kind of grown out of humiliation. But Mouth is the, the continuous, um, I think, just to make himself feel better. He's yeah. got issues. He's got to go to a shrink. He's always combing his hair. Yes. And uh, does he have parachute pants on or he's got a members-only jacket? He's got a members-only jacket. Awesome. And uh, Chunk shows up. He's got exciting news. So we get to see our first Rube Goldberg type. Yes! And as a kid, you love that stuff, don't you? The Absolutely. The ball, bowling ball rolling, and then it, the balloon pops, and the egg, the chicken lays an egg, which I always thought was funny. Like, I didn't yeah, know I'll, you could get a chicken to lay an egg by scaring How many times it. a day can they open that gate? <laughs> I know. It replaces the balloon. Yeah, I know. And it's so intricate, and then all it does is go, and opens the gate. But I guess uh, Rube Goldberg's, his drawings were like that, where it was like always do something simple, something real elaborate. So yeah. that was cool. It was kind of foreshadowing, I guess. If you say, if say Mikey designed this, that him and a certain pirate kind of have a talent. They share yes, the same talent. there you go. Which is making uh, contraptions, I guess. Which still, you know, later on in the movie... Suspension of disbelief sometimes. It's like, how would you make this? <laughs> yeah, well, again, this is a, a children's film. Right, right, yes. Just uh, go along with it, Jason. And now that I'm, you know, I see all these little things as an adult now. You know, I loved the film as a kid, and I still have a certain nostalgic love for it. I can still watch it right. and enjoy it. But, yeah, now you kind of question some of the choices. So when Chunk shows up, you know, he's telling them all about the car chase. And, of course, nobody listens to Chunk at all. That's the main thing of the movie. Well, right? because Chunk creates stories. He's the town liar. Yeah, Michael Jackson used the bathroom in his house. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> my favorite part. He goes, what? And Michael Jackson used the bathroom, right? And he's like, no. Okay, Brand. Michael Jackson didn't come over to my house. He's a bathroom. But his sister did. He later recants <laughs> on his lie, but then he, he can't go all the way. But No. So I guess Janet or LaToya used his bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we have the introduction of Data, who uh, uses a zip line. When yes, he with the 007 music playing. He lives only a few feet away. And uh, I like when the mom shows up after he's destroyed the screen and the screen door. She goes, I can see Data's been here. So <laughs> tell me this little kid has destroyed their screen door several times. <laughs> yeah, well, they even say, screen door, screen door. Yeah, so he's done that. He, he just times. doesn't care. He's Data. He's got to use his experiments. And I love that there's a zip line hooked up right. to the homes. So That's his chosen method of arrival. Yeah, and Data's cool. He's got the high tops and the trench coat. As a little the kid. earliest member of the trench coat mafia. <laughs> yeah. 
remember this is when they introduce Rosalita, who's helping the mom who has an unexplained broken arm. This scene is so awkward when she asks Mouth to translate, or he goes, I speak uh, fluent Spanish. Oh, but hold on, you're missing the, the best part of the, the entire data scene, and that's as he crashes through, they oh, uh, yeah. knock Mikey's mom's most favorite statue. Yes. And Chunk picks it up, and they're like, okay, just put it down, and then, <laughs> of course, he drops it and breaks Mikey's mom's most favorite piece. Yeah, that's her favorite part. I bet you guys thought I was going to drop it, huh? <laughs> I know you would think that from good old Chunk. Oh you my idiot! God! Oh, oh, look! It's oh. not broken! It's perfect, huh? It's perfect. Oh my God! What? That's what? my mom's most favorite piece! What? And it just happens to be the penis of Adam. Yes. But mouth pipes in with the uh, the uh, Groucho Marx line. It wasn't beer, if it wasn't. Shut up, mouth. Shut up, mouth. And right. I, that always, I never understood it until I was an adult, and then I, I laugh my ass off every time he does it. One thing I noticed about the scene now when I watch it is there's a really huge close-up of it. Oh, yeah. The penis I mean, that balls, sucker you know? fills the screen. It's yeah. like, here's, here's the penis. Again, kids movie Richard Donner, and you're zooming in on a statue of a ball sack, <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> Richard Donner was obviously well in over his head because there's been multiple times, especially in the making of where he talked about how, you know, the kids themselves are wonderful kids, but get them together. Right. And he was just in hell. Uh, I think the uniquest part of working with kids in uh, this many kids in the film is that every night I'm contemplating suicide. It is the most difficult thing I ever thought I was going to get into. I never anticipated what it was going to be like. Because individually, they're wonderful, they're nuts, they're, uh, they're the warmest, craziest little things that have come into my life. But in a composite form, you get them all together, and it's mind-blowing. It almost seems like the movie is cut whenever the kids are doing this stuff, where I don't get a, an idea of what the hell's going on, you know? Yeah, yeah. All it's a chaotic. Of, it's chaotic, they're trying to fix the penis by gluing it. I don't even know when it happens. They blame Chunk for gluing it upside down but they never really show him doing it or even no. near it really and what i don't understand is how it was glued upside down yeah you know if it, if it was a clean break you know <laughs> god meant to do it that way you'd all be pissing in your faces looks fine to me pissing, our pissing in our faces yes yeah mouth is showing rosalita and talking about this is where you put the heroin this is where you put the <laughs> cocaine and the marijuana yes <laughs> separate the drugs right separate the drugs this is where we'll keep you if you're bad like <laughs> that was the show. addict for mr walsh's sex toys right his sex toys <laughs> addict. and then <laughs> this is where we'll lock you up Yes, and if you misbehave, you go in the closet with the cockroaches for two weeks without food and water. And I was thinking, like, as I was watching this, like, what is the point? You know, why did they do this? But yeah. <laughs> it's to establish that Mouth is the translator for later on when they get the map, he can read everything. And that he's just a massive dick. <laughs> yeah. What does he say? Like, Adios, señorita. Yeah. Smile. <laughs> kind of like a taunting, almost overtly scary sexual so isn't he kind of a creepy kid <laughs> he's a very creepy kid <laughs> what's weird now watching the movie is how out of nowhere mouth says hey don't you have a bunch of stuff in the attic what's your dad gonna do with all that stuff that's in the attic he's gonna give it back to the museum or whoever they picked to be the new assistant curly or curry 
curator. Wait, wait a minute, guys. Maybe there's some stuff up there for us. Maybe there's no. some stuff that we can keep from the old siders. Lots of Maybe food. there's some rich stuff. Which no, stuff? Rich stuff. Oh, 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 He just kind of says it out of nowhere, doesn't he? Well, yeah, because, because Steven Spielberg had an inkling of a story and then they gave it to Christopher Columbus to just try to figure out. They did There's not really a well-establishing moment of why they should even yeah. embark on this adventure. So they go up in the attic and at first Brand's like, hey, that's my dad's stuff. And he goes up there with them and he doesn't really stop them. And he no. starts looking too. Which is kind of a continuous... Uh, theme in the movie that Brand is supposedly the guy that keeps them all in check, but for some reason he just goes along with it anyways. And they also establish here that they get Chunk to hold anything if they want him to break something. (laughs) Yeah. Or you taunt him somehow to get him to open something. So you just basically trick Chunk into doing things. He's quick to anger. Quick to anger and hunger. So basically they go up into the attic for no reason whatsoever. And uh, Mikey starts telling him about this great treasure. And by the way, isn't One-Eyed Willie just a dick joke? One-Eyed Willie. Yeah, he was the most famous pirate in his time. <laughs> That's what I always thought. One-Eyed Willie. Yeah. Like, it means a dick, right? Yeah, like, exactly. These kids are talking about a dick. It's a dick <laughs> the, joke. And they keep saying it over and over again. That's why I thought it was so funny as a kid. Like, who is the One-Eyed Willie? Right. So they established this whole thing about a map and a coin. You know, Mikey, he's talking about it as there's thunder striking. And it's like this scene where you're like, oh, that sounds really like a really cool story about super moody. Yeah. All of a sudden, from the 30 seconds it took them to get from the living room to the attic, it turns from like day to night in a thunderstorm. We're in a different movie. It's like pouring rain. It's all this atmosphere and. About One-Eyed Willie, he stole all this money and jewels, and they chased him, and then he... His ship got trapped. Yeah, and and then he... He killed all of his his shipmates. Okay, and then they established that, that he was sealed up, and uh, he lived for a long time. But how did this news get out? Oh, and by the way, there was Chester Copperpot. He went looking for it. And, you know, Brand's like, oh, yeah, I remember that guy. And, you know, this is all just a fool's dream. None of it exists. So it seems like they drop it. It's all dropped, and they go out of the attic, and then out of nowhere, all of a sudden, they're going to sneak off and go look for the treasure. It's like they were completely disinterested in it, and they weren't going to do anything, and then all of a sudden, they are. Didn't it seem like there's a scene that isn't in the movie where they decide to go look for the treasure? Again, it's not it's not that well put together, but I think the scene (laughs) is, because while they're after the the story that uh, Troy's dad shows up, with the paperwork for the foreclosure. Right. And oh, it kind of gets kind of sad. And, and they're douchey. They're kind of looking around like, oh, we're going to do this. Yeah, this here. is what we're going to do here and here. But again, after that, there's no verbal communication that, hey, let's use Brand's uh, slinky stretcher thing and tie him to his chair and then leave. Yeah, it just all kind of happens. Why wouldn't they just get up and leave? Yeah, hey, we're going to go. Hey, we're going to go. So, yeah. Yeah, it's like mom, for some reason, told him, watch your brother. Don't let him go anywhere or something. Yeah, because he has asthma. Because later He's not allowed to go outside. Oh, yeah. You know, do it for the 10th time. By the way, 
later on when he sees his dad, his dad just goes, oh, hey, Mikey. He doesn't like, yeah. He's not like, you're supposed to be at home. Where's your brother? Or anything like that. So he's got his own shit he's dealing with. By the way, wouldn't that suck if somebody bought out your entire town and all your friends had to move away? So I could identify with that. That kind of sucks. Oh, absolutely. Now that I'm an adult and I think about it, why are all these homes in foreclosure? Right. Are they like, all how did how did broke? they get to that point? I know. What is happened? the town so bad off? I know. And it looks a, like a like great corporation town. moves it in. Look I, dilapidated by any means. Yeah, I just didn't quite understand where that came from. The only place that looks dilapidated is the restaurant <laughs> that they find. You know. Yeah, the summer place. So they they're riding around like goofballs playing the Cindy Lauper song. You know, the good enough song. And by the way, you know, I like kind of looked up the lyrics on that song. I don't understand a word of that. You know, sometimes really? you can interpret a song, can't you? Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of interpret it as, you know, uh, the, I mean, the whole, the chorus makes no sense. About the superstitions? Well, all that is kind of relates to the, uh, the idea of, um, well, I guess not, superstitions. I mean, I, I know, like, the, the lines about the dreams and making dreams real and it's basically about trying something and maybe you shouldn't just keep doing what we're doing or something yeah i think it's uh, um no i think it's more about you know exceeding expectations and not giving in to the status quo okay i just got confused by all the wrestlers in there (laughs) (laughs) yeah that that music video that what always confused me about the music video is that it's two parts, but it's the same song. Right. So in part two, it's just the song over again from the beginning. It makes absolutely no sense. Let's put Roddy Piper and Lou Albano in it. Iron Sheik. Wow. I mean, they're all in there. Every every wrestler from the and 80s. You know, when I was a kid, I liked that song, too. I was, like, into it. I was. I still like the song. It's still kind of... I mean, it triggers that part in my in my mind it just the the yeah, beat they, itself that dun 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 they know, they're watching the video at mikey's house yeah appropriately yeah so as they're riding and you know they find that you know he's got the doubloon where you look through it and you see the the rest the rocks in the lighthouse right and by the way they're all just kind of talking and yelling and stuff and <laughs> as a kid i followed it better i think but i was just like man and you got the fat kid talking about how he's hungry, right? <laughs> the rest of them saying, shut up. And here's where we established the, um, weren't those the same guys who visited Mikey's house that go to that restaurant? No, it's not because it's Troy's dad and one of his partners that visits uh, oh, okay. Mikey's house. So it's actually FBI agents or something. Yeah. Then they say yeah. he's a fed. So basically when the kids are outside the restaurant and they hear gunshots, the Fratellis have just murdered two people. Yes, they've just murdered two federal officers. And what drives you nuts about this is uh, Chunk is telling them, don't go in there. Something bad is happening. You know, something's, And they're like, oh, shut up, Chunk. And he even sees the bullet holes in the ORV. ORV. Bullet holes. For the longest time, I didn't know what an ORV meant. Yeah, I'd never heard the term before until the movie. So it's SUV, I guess. You know, we've heard of that. Yeah, we've heard of SUV, ATV, not ORV. While they're trying to get in this restaurant and Chunk's trying to stop them, they have the scene where, you know, they've tied Brand around the chair 
And then eventually he gets away somehow. They show that the mom oblivious to it and just goes, oh, Bran, and walks away. He's like, mom! Again, she sa- she uses some word completely and totally wrong. He won't, She won't let him go. And then he's pleading with Rosalita, and Rosalita just wants nothing to do with it. She shrieked out some kind of weird sex thing, I guess. Yeah, uh, yeah, of course. And by the way, what we were talking about earlier is um, Mouth removes the... Uh, caps the caps off of brand's tires just unscrews them that's it and yeah. they go <laughs> that doesn't happen if you no everyone caps. knows there's that little Divot. stem yeah you push it in and it goes but he like just apparently well, he doesn't have stems in his i guess those are they're, they're special tires or maybe they're tires for poor people but you have to have that moment to uh have the comedic moment where he takes the little girl's pink bike. I want my bike! I want my bike! I owe you one. I want my bike! I want my bike! Like, who, what producer's kid is that? Yeah, is that, that date his real life sister or something? So, <laughs> yeah. Here's the part that we've introduced Troy and Andy and Steph, right? And they're yes. riding in this car with Troy, who's a douchebag. And Troy's two-tone Trans Am or whatever the hell it and is. Later on, Andy, she said something like, "He kept moving his mirror so he could look down my shirt." But actually, that's not what he's looking at, Andy. He was trying to look up your skirt like a perv. Yeah. And she says, "Look down my shirt," but I think it's worse. He's trying to look up her skirt with his. Yeah, that's mirror. a little more. That's a little more gross. Yeah. Troy, touch that mirror again. I swear to God, I'm gonna smack you in the face. <laughs> Even creepier, Steph thinks it's hilarious. When well, really... Steph's a big fan of like date rape, right? Shouldn't she be disturbed by this? And think yeah, it's should gross? she not be defending her friend? Okay, this whole scene bothers me. They see Bran; he's riding the bike, and they're like, "Oh my god, what's Bran doing?" And he's like, "Oh, hey, how's it going?" <laughs> or whatever. He's embarrassed. He keeps trying to ride along on the little bike, and Troy's yeah, like, he's trying to hold his dignity and in- intact, right? And Troy's like, hey, I'll give you a ride. And he grabs his arm and floors it. And he's like, wah. And they're like, Troy, stop, stop. And then, like, he lets go just in time to send Bran careening over a cliff. Yeah, Walsh. Let us give you a little ride. Hey. Hold on. Here we go. Oh, my God. The Walsh. Yeah, at 50 miles an hour. So basically, Troy just tried to kill this guy. Yes. He's a murderer. He's a psychopath. Right. And later on, when we see Brand, the the bike is wrecked or whatever, but he basically could have easily been impaled on a branch and, you know, has a a lung that's... How, yeah, a collapsed lung, punctured, broken ribs. A leg broken in three places. How he got free of that he must have just fell right into like a big pile of leaves yeah he, luckily he's in a cartoon so he was okay <laughs> yeah but when i watch that scene i'm like what an asshole he could have killed that guy and andy and steph didn't seem concerned enough to make him stop to check on him they just went ahead yeah. and went to their destination <laughs> troy doesn't listen to anyone man what a bunch of jerks his dad owns that town also the- notice that there's no one on the road except them right right they exist in this kind of weird uh <laughs> Astoria where everyone else is left I guess or yeah in Astoria where no one is out except the goodies so when the kids get in the restaurant you know Ma Fratelli is there and she has this great line about um the only thing we serve is tongue 
boys like that. That was great. The, well, she, mouth, of course, is being an asshole. And he like she like squeezes his cheeks for his tongue to go, Bleh, and she pops out her switchblade, and she's like, sit down, and get some four waters. <laughs> and they're both they're all brown. What's wrong with it? She seems like, even though she knows it's all crap and it's a dilapidated restaurant, she's insulted by any comments they make. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's wet, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, she's so <laughs> gross. I always wondered what it was. I thought maybe it was booze. Oh, she got him beer or something? Well, yeah. Well, I thought maybe she got him, like, some, like, wild turkey or something. Right. <laughs> I had no idea. I suppose, you know, it's probably just dirty water from a dilapidated, you know, water system. But, I, like, I couldn't wrap my mind around that water would be that brown. And, you know, the scenes where Mikey goes down, he's pretending to use the restroom, and they establish that there's some kind of creature in the other room. That's well-directed. Richard Donner did a great job of making that scary. Like, well, do you want to know why that's well-directed? Because it was most likely directed by Steven Spielberg. That scene, you think? Yeah. There's, in fact, there's in uh, Sean Astin has a, um, what you call an autobiography, kind of a memoir. Uh-huh. And he talks about how the Goonies was a 50-50 thing, where Steven Spielberg was always there. Oh, I never knew that. Yeah, and he directed, um, um, like, at least 50% of the film. So certain sequences he did, and he probably did that one? Yeah, I mean, I because think- Richard Donner didn't know how to... I mean, what had Richard Donner done before that? Oh, he'd done a lot of stuff. I know, but in, in like, an adventure, kids, working with kids kind of thing. Right. I mean, it was probably like a really busy uh, production. Maybe he shared work. I know a ton of the behind the scenes footage has Steven Spielberg on set. Spielberg looking over my shoulder all the time, which I happen to love because I guess he's the biggest kid of them all and comes up with the best ideas. So he's there. He's there most of the time. And I have a feeling that was a scene that because it has that touch. It has that cool, like kind of it's kind of frightening. Yeah. You know, you're like, what the hell is that? And he's throwing food at it, and they establish it's his brother or something. It's some kind yeah, of yeah. Weird... And once you figure out that it's a person, it's heartbreaking. This strange, like, deformed person, which is really kind of unstable too. When you think about this kid's movie, there's like this deformed guy who's chained yeah. up. This family has someone chained in the basement, right? Which is kind of sad, right? And then and did they of, always run the restaurant? <laughs> was I that always know. down there? The Fratelli's Pizza or something? And, yeah. And then Mikey, he's like freaked out by me. He goes running out and all of a sudden Brand's there and he's like, come here, Mikey. And he grabs him and then a Ma Fratelli's like, ah, you kids get out of here. Like the whole ruse is up. She's not running a restaurant. Just get the hell out of here. You know, it's like the scene over. Here's how we're yeah. going to end the scene. Everyone's just going to get thrown out. Then she delivers the best line ever, which is, uh, kids suck. There's like this long pause, too, in a close up of her. You could tell she hated her kids, too. She's just completely, totally unsympathetic. Her children are constantly bickering. There's this violent sibling rivalry that's apparent between the two brothers. And who the hell knows what happened with poor Sloth? And meanwhile, Chunk has tried to tell him that it's the Fratellis. Here's the ORV. It's got bullet holes. They don't notice. Even when they show the Fratellis walking out, carrying something over the shoulder. That can't yeah, be a, a, an obvious body in a garbage bag. Yeah, and they're like, oh, they're throwing away. What does Data say? Like, 
restaurant trash or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> ah, it's just restaurant trash. Because they've been doing a lot of cooking in there. Right. Brand's like, we got to go home, guys. We got to go home. And as soon as they leave, Mikey's like, I got to go investigate. And so that they go back and for some reason, Brand goes with them. Of course, Brand goes. Brand has to go with them. And then they establish also he's ready to make them go home. But Andy is like, gets scared by a fish on a rake or something. And she runs <laughs> yeah. to his arms. <laughs> and he's like, OK, well, maybe I'll stick it out for a bit. By the this way, isn't this isn't so bad. They get into the restaurant by tricking by tricking uh Chunk. Yeah, Mouth starts talking about Chunk's mom. Hey, wait a minute, Chunk. You know I got some naked pictures of your mom taking a bath. <laughs> you wanna buy them? What? Real cheap. <laughs> Chunk's Chunk. Thanks, Chunk. Thanks, Chunk. The one part I always laugh at, cause like how dumb is Dato? He's like they discover a printing press. It's like, we're rich, we're rich. He's like, no, this is counterfeit. And even Andy knows that that's a federal crime. Like, 25 years for counterfeiting. Oh! She's the smart one in the group, isn't she? <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I like how she knows how long the jail sentence is for counterfeiting. Right, and the whole time Mikey knows that they're they need to break through the floor. It, he's like a man possessed, a kid possessed. He knows what he wants. He's not explaining it to anybody. He doesn't want to leave the goondocks. And he's banging on the floor. Chunk. He knocks the water over, and they find a passageway underground. And it is hilarious when uh, Chunk smells ice cream. He's like, "I smell ice cream." <laughs> and he opens it up. But I love that shot from inside the freezer. They just show the square window and you see his head like jump up trying to look in. Yes. That cracks me up. And there's all these flavors. What is it? Swenson's. And they got this and this and this. And everyone's just staring. Butter pecan. And there's the dead body in there. That whole sequence is well done. Like, it's dead, really well dead. done. And I always like how they push the body back in the freezer whenever they hear the Vitelli's return, and they just leave Chunk in there. First, the body falls on them, like it kind of creeps forward on Chunk, and then later on, they push it in there with Chunk, and he's like, guys, guys! When is Chunk going to figure out they don't really give a shit about him? Yeah, (laughs) Chunk's a non-entity for them. Right, and even then, they don't say, you know, the Fratelli's come back, and they're arguing over pizza or whatever, and... They're hiding in the fireplace, and they don't say, Chunk, come on, come with us. They're like, go get the police. Yeah. Go ahead, get out of here. And then, you know, you see the window thing fall down, and they go, yeah, yeah, use that window. It's like they're improvising the whole scene is what it feels like <laughs> to me. Yeah, window, go out the window. Hey, but luckily he fit. He fit through the window. Yeah. And he's uh, he likes the dark, and he hates nature. That is one of the best scenes also where uh, Chunk <laughs> is out on the street, and he, oh, thank God you stopped because I ran to these horrible people. They're, yeah, they're these disgusting <laughs> people, the Fratellis. The Fratellis. I think they killed somebody. And I know where they're hiding. I know exactly where their hideout is. I can tell you. And then the light comes on and he starts singing that opera or whatever. That yeah. seems to be the problem. 
Look, mister, I need a ride. My friends and I just had a run-in with these really disgusting people. You might have heard of them, the Fatellis. Well, we found their hideout. And could you please, please take me to the sheriff station? I can describe all three of them. The best thing is he starts singing the opera and Chuck starts praying in Hebrew. Right? (laughs) (laughs) That is great. And Joey Pants grabs him and starts to stuff him in the back and he makes those great faces where he's like, oh. And then he uh, looks down, and he's right next to the same dead body again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you can't get away from it. All those chunk scenes are hilarious. They work. I mean, when they're down in uh, exploring and stuff now, I mean, really, it is a lot of racket of everyone yelling and stuff. Yeah. As a kid, I followed it perfectly. Now I'm just like, oh, man. Well, and next is the scene that I always thought was hilarious and wonderful as a kid. And now, as an adult, I'm just like, what the hell? They're going through, and they they come into this area, and it's just pipes upon pipes upon pipes. Right. And apparently, Astoria has the worst plumbing in the world. The thing that always confused me about that scene is when everything starts going crazy. I never understood why. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, apparently, because if you bang on pipes, as as Mouth says... Because remember what they did, they established earlier that his dad was working on a sink ah, yes. when Mouth had the uh, the TV up way too loud. And he's like, son, turn that down. He's working on a sink. So Mouth, this day earlier, probably learned all about reverse pressure. Exactly. Aha, uh-huh, man, that's great screenwriting there, Bill. It really is. It just <laughs> it fits together wonderfully. And... There's the scene where Troy sits down on the toilet with his uh, guns and ammo. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, as a kid, I never noticed it. But now as an adult, you can see the lift. <laughs> yeah. It's it's like not even well concealed. Right. Yeah, that That's was. That's like a kind of like a nice quick montage of things going crazy. My favorite is when the guy gets hit in the face with the... Uh, <laughs> Water thing. Yeah, he gets knocked out. Yeah. He, he, uh, he's trying to get a drink of water and he's following it up and down and then boom. So he gets blasted back into the fence. And the creepy bunch of old guys taking a shower at the country club. Yeah. And one guy has an eye patch. Yeah. What is that about? I was so, I was like, wow. When I watch that scene, I'm like, is that some kind of like inside joke we don't know about? Why does he have an eye patch? I don't know. Maybe he's related to one eye Willie. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. Another dick joke. Aha! That's what it is. And they're naked in the shower. Those guys are a bunch of one-eyed willies, I guess. As as a kid, I was always, you know, I would go to the YMCA with my um, cousin and uh, uncle, and I was always very creeped out by the old men in the shower that they would just go in naked and yeah. shower. Like, I don't know if it's... A, a, There's something a, about adult nudity that's really creepy. <laughs> Yeah, and then to have it in a kid's movie. At a public place, too. Even implied public adult nudity. But it's like, we'll show them, we'll steal all of their uh, knobs to the... Yes, <laughs> for some reason, you bang on all these pipes, it destroys the plumbing system of Astoria. And it sucks them into the wall. Yes. 
So uh, how is, does the water company not know this chamber exists? Right. I do like later on when they show uh, Sloth push it up through the, you know, he just pushes <laughs> the pipes up and you hear, and you hear like a scream. A woman screaming. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh. Like well, whatever he did, he caused a real mess up there. He, yeah, he did. He probably uh, drove a, a fire hydrant out of the ground, and there's some dead people up there. Someone dies. <laughs> yeah. So there's multiple fatalities. So we've got the whole scene where they find Chester Copperpot. Yeah. The reverse pl- pressure conveniently blows open a new doorway to escape through. Right. <laughs> I guess One-Eyed Willie figured that out? I don't know. Maybe it's not one of his traps. When did the bats happen? Those happened after the... That that happens just after. The Chester um, Copper Pot. Scene. Because now now that they escape, it goes back to Chunk, and he's uh, being interrogated by the Fratellis. Which is, I think, one of the best scenes in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> when they, And Francis tells him to tell them everything. Tell and he's them, like, everything? Yeah, tell me everything, kid. So he's... <laughs> He starts, I think, at five years old. Right. And my favorite one is, uh, and I knock my sister down the stairs and blame the dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and was that he threw up over a balcony and everyone started yes. puking? <laughs> yeah, he takes a fake vomit to the movie theater. And then I dumped it over the side. Oh, and all the people in the audience, then, then this was horrible. All the people started getting sick and throwing up all over each other. I never felt so bad in my entire life. But I love that they haven't stopped him up until then, the Fratellis. They're just listening to all of it, you know? Yeah, and, and you have Jake Fratelli, Robert Dobby behind him, just patting him on the shoulder and smiling. I'm beginning to like this kid, Mike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because really, when you think about it, Chunk sounds like a horrible person. Yeah, Chunk, Chunk is, uh, is, a, is a crazy little sociopath. <laughs> yeah. Well, it just lies up a storm and wants to create chaos. <laughs> and also, you know, it's scary how Mama Fratelli drops the tomato in the blender. Hit puree! No! I'm too young! No! I want to play the violin! Visceral image, uh, and especially to watch it as a kid, because as the tomato hits, you can picture in your mind the hand going into the blender. Yeah, that's pretty creepy. And you know they've already established that they shot two people in the head, so you yeah they're capable of anything. They're for I wouldn't put it past them. They're monsters. And what's funny is they go, "Give it up, kid. We're your friends." They're down in the fireplace. They're looking <laughs> for a treasure. And he tells them the truth. The first thing he doesn't try to withhold any kind of information no. whatsoever. By the way, why does Data think that those obvious sticks of dynamite sticks are that say dynamite on them? Yeah. Oh, look, candles. Okay. They're wrapped in paper. (laughs) They're dynamite. And they have fuses. (laughs) And, you know, they get through all that, the rocks dropping and everything. And there's a, you know, one-eyed Willie. Can you see him running those chains and hoisting those giant rocks up? Maybe he had his men do it. And then once they did it, he killed them. Yeah, he had to have set up the traps before he killed them. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, absolutely. Because you got to have them go through elaborate traps and... Bat scenes in movies are always good, but the best part about that is when, I think, is it Steph who's yelling? 
Yeah, that is pretty funny. I don't know, again, whose choice it was, but they use the obvious fake bats, but they're the bats that are from, like, the movies from the 40s. Like, they're, they're, they're like hairy balls with wings attached to them. And they do a couple of those quick shots of the one hovering right in front of the face, kind of. They wanted to pay an homage to the goofiness of the uh, horror films from the, the early days. And they had to have the bats fly up through the fireplace so then the Fratellis know, hey, it's true! And those suckers come through with some force. Yeah, they blow the top of the fireplace off even before they arrive. Yeah. So, so it's it's a shockwave. Like sound wave. <laughs> and they're like, oh, okay, we're going to go down there. Well, let's put Chunk with Sloth. And all those scenes are gold, too, where he's like, hey, would you like a baby Ruth? And he throws it at his head. Look, I got a baby Ruth, sir. I'm going to throw it to you, okay? I'm sorry, sir. <laughs> he hits him in the head. He's like, Whoa! He's like, and he's like, ah! I'm sorry, mister. <laughs> and of course, later on, we have the best line ever when he's in the freezer and he gets the ice cream. Rocky Road? That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gold. They establish an immediate rapport, uh, Chunk and Sloth. Sloth is frightening. I mean, come on. he's yeah. He's got a cone head. His one ear's uh, lower than the other, and one of them wiggles. Uh, yeah. um, and he's got, like, jagged teeth. Just everything about the, the creature design on him was fantastic. The way he scares the shit out of him, and the instant connection they make is over food. Right, over the rocky road. And it's really just creepy how Sloth is feeding him with his fingers. Like Then Chunk starts feeding Sloth. Yeah. it's That's the connection. Friends for life right there. We're sharing a candy bar. We're, we're best buds. There's something just creepy about that scene, I think. But I just love that Sloth feeds him. It shows the, the humanity that this inhuman creature has to initially just start feeding him. Instead of eating it for himself, he starts feeding Chunk. Because Chunk needs it. That's the great scene where he calls the police. And the guy's like, is this Lawrence? And he's like, is this like the time he told me that... Just like that last prank about all those little creatures that multiply when you throw water on them. Yeah, that's the Aliens were invading. Yeah, all these funny little things there. You know the scene where they find the wishing well and all the quarters and stuff? Yeah, the like, uh, Moss Garden wishing well. Even when I was a little kid... Who says, guys, these are somebody else's wishes? What That's Steph. Stop, stop. You Why? can't do this. Why? Why? Because these are somebody else's wishes. They're somebody else's dreams. Yeah, when I was a kid, I was like, oh, shut up. Yeah, <laughs> and, and Mouth says, yeah, but you know what? This one. This one right here. This was my dream, my wish. And it didn't come true. So I'm taking it back. Taking them all back. I'm taking them all back. There's one scene where he goes, hey, it's Martin Sheen. And they're like, Martin Sheen, that's John F. Kennedy. Uh, Martin Sheen. Martin, Martin Sheen, that's President Kennedy, you idiot. Was there a difference? I mean, he played Kennedy once. Oh, that's really smart. I'm glad to know you're using your brain. Yeah, well, at least I have a brain. So stupid, Mal. Oh, yeah? Yes. 
Shut up! That is a way dated joke. Oh, yeah, definitely. Whenever Martin Sheen played John F. Kennedy, it must have been sometime right that year or something. Well, also, when you think of that, that would be a half dollar. And when was the last time you saw a half dollar? Somebody threw that in a wishing well? Yeah, who the hell's throwing a half dollar in a wishing well? <laughs> when I got those as a kid, I held on to them. That was like, that was big money. But you know that whole scene where uh, Troy is hanging out by a well with his buddies? What? Well, that's the place to hang out. <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, have you made it with Andy yet? Hey, Troy. How far you got with Andy? All the way, buddy. <laughs> You guys are so immature. Why don't you grow up? Come on, tell us. Really? I put it this way. I didn't make it with her yet. And I stress yet. I'm going to make a wish. And he throws a quarter in. It flies back out. But I love the whole part where they're talking Andy into staying. I don't know why they want Andy to stay with them, but guys, we can't just leave now. We're, we got to save, you know, our town. Yeah, we're being forced out of our town. The next time you see Sky be over another town the next time you take a test it'll be in some other school our parents they want the best of stuff for us but right now they gotta do what's right for them because it's their time their time up there down here it's our time it's our time down here that's all over the second we ride up Troy's bucket. It's like Mikey's pep talk. It's really cheesy, isn't it? <laughs> it's cheesy as hell, but <laughs> but I was as a kid, I totally bought it. I was like, yeah, tell him. Yeah, that is your time down there. <laughs> but when they send up Andy's, uh, it's Troy's sweater, I guess that she was wearing. Is she going steady with him or whatever? Yeah. But I always love when they haul up the bucket. He's like laughing while his friends are hauling up the bucket. It's supposedly Andy's Don't they the know that, you know, the weight difference between right. a sweater and a person? And why isn't Troy helping? I don't know, but. Well, Troy doesn't need to help. Yeah, he's the rich guy. So yeah. when the bucket gets to the top and it's a sweater, I love the way he goes, Andy! You goody! So earlier we saw him go, Daddy! And now he's like, Andy! Troy's an asshole. Yeah, he's a big baby. There's a scene that they cut out uh, early on in the film whenever they finally escape on bikes. They stop at the local mini-mart, and that uh, similar thing happens where he starts calling them goonies. So that's kind of established there. Hey, my mom's making a goon pizza tonight. Hey, now! It's like she might be needing some... Frozen dough. Do I hear right? Do I hear a goonie telling me what to do? Hey, give that back. That's what you're messing with. No. Cut it out. No, Troy, come on. They just don't make rolling papers like this anymore. Troy, cut it out. Hey, you know, the way you're puffing on that cigarette kind of reminds me of something. Oh, yeah, what's up? Tell me I kissed your mama. Goonie! Nobody hits my brother except me. What? I just can't wait until Monday when my father kicks all you trash out in the street where you belong. While you goonies are piling all your stuff in a moving van, I'll be teeing off on what used to be your front lawn. 
the the whole deleted scenes. I'm so glad they took them out. They deserve to be deleted because some of the acting in them is so bad. It's like direct reading from the script. It's just painfully awful. Why, was, why wasn't the movie called The Boonies? Like they were just hanging out at the Boondocks. Maybe they didn't have the rights to it. Maybe there's something that they left out of the script that it's called The Goonies instead. Why would they put the G? Astoria has no relation to G, so I have no <laughs> idea. I have no idea. So we know that Goonies... Goonies never say die! Yeah, they don't They don't say die. But they're in plenty of situations where they can die. So when they're like, okay, here, guys, this is what we're doing. We're, we're going to stay down here and stick it out and go on an adventure. And they have the whole, here's the little boy's room, here's the little girl's room. <laughs> that scene cracks me up where he's like, Brian, where are you going? He goes, I'm going to the men's room. This is the little boy's room. And I tell us the little girl's room. Let's go. And then the... Where is that light coming from? <laughs> I don't know. It's... It has this beautiful orange glow. It's very well lit down there, isn't it? It is. And then they have the joke where Andy kisses Mikey on accident. Does he wear braces? But it's funny, later on, Bran figures it out really fast. Bran, what happened to your braces? It's like, what? How did he figure that out so fast? He's a really smart guy, isn't he? He is. He's the smartest of them all. <laughs> Brand is super smart. If for some reason, he's the smartest and yet the dumbest. Because <laughs> he just continues along with this craziness. Eh, what the hell? So let me think. Data has used his bright lights, right? Yeah. Bully blinders. Pretty soon he's going to use his slick shoes, I guess. No, not quite yet. Slick shoes aren't until later on. Next will be the Pinterest apparel. Wait, wait. Doesn't he use the Pinterest apparel when they do the organ thing? No, because uh, the organ thing leads to the door to the ship. Uh, okay, there's one point where Data almost falls on spikes in the Pinterest yes, apparel. Yes, this is the Pinterest apparel. Okay, I'm just forgetting on why. He it's the, what happens is it's the triple stones. They use the key that they found oh, yeah. from Chester Copperpot. And he uses the skull thing on the Yeah, screen. Mikey turns it the wrong way. Another trap is triggered. He, they, I love how it's like traps and stuff, and he's like, oh, counterclockwise. He's like, okay, and they don't even think about it for even a split no. second. No, it opens up the trap door, Data falls, and he's saved by the Pinchers Apparel. Pinchers Apparel! You guys, I'd be saved by my Pinchers Apparel! <laughs> and he goes, there's another room down here, guys. They never explained how they get down there when he's hovering above no. those giant spikes, and those plastic teeth are holding him up. But it's okay. We don't need that, right? No, it doesn't matter. It doesn't we're not. Matter. It doesn't. We're not even thinking about the technicalities of this craziness. And how do they get down there in any way without a rope or whatever? Doesn't. No. Doesn't matter. Story has one. He has everything in that thing. But again, as a kid, I thought that was badass. Oh man, those pinchers of peril are awesome. Absolutely. Well, after this, this is when um, Chunk gets off the phone with the sheriff, and uh, Sloth has his fill of Rocky Road. Sloth decides to go down the uh, fireplace because he's following his echo. Right, and then they do the whole pipe gag. Yeah. Uh -oh. And um, as they get to the next room, they find that the Fratellis are close on their trail. 
the Fratelli's catch it up to them really Re- fast. Yeah, really fast. Like instantly. They're and like, this is the part that always stood out to me because they're chasing them down, uh, Mama Fratelli and them. And the, on the close-ups of Mama Fratelli, she breathes. They ADR like a dog. Yeah, she's like growling. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and this is where the slick shoes come into play. I got a great idea, you guys. Slick shoes. Slick shoes. Are you crazy? Data. Did you ever wonder what they were going to do when they caught them? Were they going to kill them? Because, I have to assume so. Because at one point they do shoot at them. Yeah, well, yeah, they this at this point they is whenever they start shooting at them. And it's after I guess he uses the slick shoes and they both get racked pretty hard in the balls, the Yes. And then for some reason water starts flowing really heavily. Right. Like it's never explained. Yeah, it just happens. Maybe it's part of the trap. Yeah, if you get racked, the water starts. <laughs> and I always wondered, like, do the guys get washed over, or do the, does the water just subside? Or could they just get down and walk across? Uh, or did they slide across on their <laughs> How does the mom balls? get across? She's an old lady. Yeah. I guess she probably figured out you could just walk up the bottom, and it's no big deal. <laughs> this is the skeleton piano thing. The bone organ, yeah. yeah. Which I thought was pretty cool. They're like, oh, sick. Oh, yeah, the design sick. on it is is frightening. Yeah, and I love how they keep establishing data. He keeps walking. Guys, they're coming, and they're, like, crawling, like, real creepy, you know? There's and, a really fantastic tension in the scene. When Data goes back, hey, guys, they're gone. And then he's, like, right there. I always thought it was a really good scene. And then he uses his, uh, I don't even know, what is the name of his punching? His. I don't think it's ever given a name. It's just, like, this spring-loaded boxing glove. Yeah, everything has a cool name, but he doesn't have a name for that. What the hell? How could they And does he that? does he trigger it on purpose? I, because like, doesn't doesn't kinda... the Fratelli brother grab him? He and grabs it him, he just kind of pulls out. his jacket open, and he goes, and punches him, and they both fall all the way back down the bottom. And I love after that, they show Joey Pants pull out his knife, like, okay, now I'm going to kill somebody. Yeah, now it's time to get stabby on these annoying kids. <laughs> I've I've crushed my balls. I've lost half my toupee. And what I love is, you know, earlier, we've got Mouth, and he's got his Spanish, right? Now, <laughs> yes. Andy, she can play the piano. Barely. She Yeah, she's had piano lessons. I can't remember. Does uh, Steph at any point use any talent? I can't remember. No, other than bitch. <laughs> yeah. And fall in love with mouth. I guess that's it. Yeah, that's that was a, that's a strange dynamic there. Right. Because the age difference has to be probably five, maybe six <laughs> years. She looks way older than him. Yeah. So there's creepy sh- stuff happening in this movie, though. I don't know what's going on. So when they do the piano part, that was the most tension because the the Fratellis are like right there. They're trying to play it. Yeah, and with each wrong note, a section of the floor falls away. Yeah, and then Data runs up and he crashes into them, and then they almost all almost die. It's like, come on, dude. One thing that's funny if you look at that scene is that they could have stood on the outside, couldn't they? Well, yeah, because that's what the Fratellis use. Yeah, the Fratellis just walk on the perimeter of the room, and they're fine. I guess yeah. the kids were in a big damn hurry. For some reason, they all had to stand in the center of the floor. Right. And so when they get the drawbridge thing open and they get on it, 
what lays on the other side, Bill. But of course, everything that a kid loves, a water slide. A massively awesome water slide. Hell that yeah. was like the biggest moment for me. Like, holy shit, I want to be a Goonie now. Yeah, go down that water slide. Which is actually a natural occurrence, right? Those water slides. There's no way One-Eyed Willie carved those in there, is there? <laughs> uh, you know what? There has to be. <laughs> there, it, he has to have carved them because there's multiple exits. So they go down one and then they get split off. Maybe him and his, his guys just got really bored. And they're like, dude, water slide. <laughs> yeah. Maybe for some reason... One-Eyed Willie was a descendant of Napoleon, and Napoleon told them about Waterloo, and it was passed down through the ages, and they were like, hey, you know, there's this story about how Napoleon went into the future and then came back and created water slides. And then you, like, see spikes and spears and stuff, so were they supposed to be impaled on them? Maybe. So I Maybe the water flow sent them over like them. Like, mouth is like, oh, like right in the lungs. Like, oh, like, mouth never came down. When they all get down in the water and they turn around and see the pirate ship, I have read several times, I'm sure you've heard this too, that Richard Donner didn't let them see the boat until that scene. So it's yeah. a natural reaction shot. I never let the kids see this boat. They were banned from the stage from day one, from the start of its construction. And then the day uh, they were supposed to come out of the chute, hit the water, and turn around and see the boat for the first time. They, I brought them all in, not blindfolded, but with a Baxter camera. They all knew what they were going to see, but they had no idea what it was going to look like. And so on film, when they turn and see the boat for the first time... Except when they turn around, it's a friggin' matte painting, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks very matte-ish. So they showed them the real boat on the set, but I guess in the movie they're like, eh, that's not dramatic enough, let's have a matte painting. Yeah, it looks too much like a set. Let's let's have it look even more like a set. And somewhere in there, I can't remember when you were talking about it earlier, when Data starts to have a nervous breakdown about all his inventions been working forever and none of them work. Yeah, that's once they get on the ship. Yeah. Yeah. And they're all get well, at least mounted. He goes, where's the treasure, Mikey? He's like starting to get pissed off. Yeah, that's whenever they all start getting upset because there's like uh, nothing here, bud. There's nothing on the ship. The ship's rotten. Data falls through the ship. He's like, Why did she use the stairs? She used the stairs! 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 The stupid guys up there tell me to use the stairs when Data's falling! Data's telling nobody's care anymore! He's okay! And some guy up there tell me I have stupid inventions! And I've been spending months and months and studying on them and inventing them! What a fun I have. The, the scene where they like they open up the little thing and there's writing on a trap door. Yeah, Andy pulls a string uh-huh. and they think it's like another trap, but it actually exposes a door that has writing on it. Yeah, I wonder if they just cut a huge thing out of there where it was like they read what was on it and it meant something and then they went through. But instead they just start pounding and break through it. But You're right. I, it yeah. feels like something was cut out there, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely does. I mean, it, the film moves at such a, a click. There's definitely moments that were cut. Maybe again, it was a scene; it just didn't work right, right. or the acting was bad, or it just it's awkwardly cut. I think where all of a sudden they find it, and he has this very poignant speech with One-Eyed Willie, right? Huh? It's working. 
Where are Willie? Hey, yeah, he gets a few moments alone. We realize that Mikey needs therapy, right? Mikey likes to talk to dead people. And then he looks at his eye, but he's like, you were the first Goonie. And then they have the, the kids are loud as hell, causing all this racket the whole movie, but somehow they all climbed up there without Mikey hearing them. Yeah. They're ninjas. That's where the suspicion... Is how long you guys been there? The suspicion of disbelief doesn't work there for me. There's no way they didn't make any racket going up there. Yeah. Leave this treasure for Willie. Yeah. I think it's data that reaches for the plate and it's like, no, that's Willie's. I was like, oh, that's going to come back later. I would have been like, well, Mikey, he's dead. We need this shit, okay? I'm taking it. But one other thing, that whole rigged booby trap, it sets the boat a sail, right? Yeah. But what? Why? What was the point of that? I don't know. Maybe Willie wanted to go on one last sail or something. One last adventure. Yeah, even though he's dead, I don't understand what. Yeah, it, all it does is raise the anchor. Yeah, raise the anchor. There's no wind to push it out, but still, that's besides the point. But anyway, well, it, it's got a strong current. But I remember thinking that everyone else thinks when they see the Goonies, which you know I'm jumping ahead here, but couldn't they just chase after the boat? Like the Coast Guard or something? Yeah, exactly. I don't see why not. That's what I always thought as a kid that at first I was like, well, they're letting all that gold go. And then I was like, no, you know, somebody will go get it. There's no way they couldn't go get the boat. It's not a ghost ship where it's going to disappear. It's not the Flying Dutchman. It's not going to sink under the water. Even if it did sink, it's not that far from the coast, right? No. So, uh, I don't know. You just start to think about... But again, we're in a cartoon, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, you, you. it really is a cartoon. We're in a Saturday morning cartoon. It's a Warner kids. Brothers Looney Tunes adventure. By the way, they, there's a lot of times where the kids are saying stuff like shit, and it's pretty funny. Oh, absolutely. It's usually funny whenever Chunk cusses, but... Uh... My favorite moment of shit goes all the way back to the beginning, where um, the mother goes, What is that? What is that? Oh, shit, what... What is that? That is a mess. I want it cleaned up, boys. Oh, yeah, sure. You got it. Sure, yeah. One hour. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's like the crackers and chips all over the floor. Yeah, he's thinking it's the, oh, the broken statue. And then they're going to make all the kids walk the plank. They're kicking them off the yeah, boat. Yeah, the show up while they're taking the gold. And I'm I'm wondering this, like when they push Andy off and he's like, Andy! And Bran chases after her, jumps in. But I'm like, what's the big deal? But then I realize her hands are tied. I guess she could She's going to drown. Yeah. The, the Fratellis Fratelli- are already killing off the children. They're going to drown them until Chunk. Chunk! No! Captain Chunk! And this goes back to the TV in the room, uh, Sloth's room, playing Captain Blood. Yeah, they're... A uh, great theme. They're, they've got Errol Flynn movies, so now they're inspired by it. And even the score is that. Yeah, it is. It's a Captain Blood theme. So they're doing all that, and he's fighting with his brothers, but it's just all kind of goofy. I feel like this part of the movie, they're like, okay, you guys just kind of fight around or something. It'll be funny. And action. And they're like just goofing off or something. There's a scene in the making of, directed by Mick Garris, which I noticed and made me laugh. Oh, man. There's a part where they're on the ship, and they're shooting the scenes, and Richard Donner has his head in his hands, sitting there on the ship, just like, what have I gotten myself into? (laughs) And then Steven Spielberg shows up in his flannel jacket, and he's, like, kind of 
reading the script with Richard Donner trying to explain to him how to shoot the scene and what to do. And uh, it's just kind of... It, that whole pirate ship sequence, I think, is a mess. Yeah, it is. There's no sense of, like, danger anymore. No. Are well, it turns thinking. into a cartoon. Yeah. Like you said, because they send Steph off, and then they're going to send Mouth, or they send Andy off, and then they're going to send Mouth and Steph off, and Chunk and Sloth show up, and Sloth saves Mouth and Steph, and then the brothers are trying to subdue Sloth, and it turns into, like, this game right. where they're, they're, like, playing jump rope with him, and then they try to tie him with a rope, and then he knocks the brothers out, you know, and it's just like, what in the hell is happening here? Yeah, and the kids are, they're swimming away, they're, Mikey's like, well, too bad about the treasure, it's where Bran's like, well, it's better to live. They're like, oh, okay, so they give up on the treasure. Then there's the scene with Mama, and uh, this is so creepy. Sloth, where because he goes, Mama, you've been bad. Yeah, and it's like, oh She's no, like, oh, oh baby, oh, oh Sloth, ba- you've been bad. Ah. And then she starts singing him, uh, "Rockabye Baby" <laughs> on the treetop. <laughs> when the wind blows, the cradle will bow. When the bar breaks, the cradle will fall. Fuck! 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 I only dropped you once. Uh, well, maybe twice. She's like, I only dropped you once. So that's when she said his trigger word and he turns on yeah, her. Yeah, <laughs> he throws her overboard. Which would have killed her instantly, I think, a woman of her age, right? <laughs> well, at least it would have broke a, a hip, maybe. It would have been great. Just pull everyone out of the movie. She hits her head on a rock and you just see blood and she floats away. Yeah. They're and like, then the octopus shit. comes back and eats her. <laughs> the, the, the octopus. Yeah, we forgot about the octopus sequence they cut out no, of the movie. You forgot about the octopus for for a reason. You know, when I was a kid, I when that movie came out, I had the Goonies Collector magazine. And mm-hmm. I saw that you can get the Goonies Collector's Edition Blu-ray that comes in a box bill. And inside it, they have a miniature version of that magazine. And I almost wanted to buy it just to have that miniature version of the magazine back. Because I, I read that thing until it was falling apart when I was a kid. But in it, they explain about the breakdancing octopus. And I was like, oh, man, what what is that? And when I saw the movie, I was like, there was no octopus in there. But then at the end of the movie, Data goes, the octopus was more scary. Octopus? Yeah, it was more dangerous. And I was like, what? What? There's no octopus in yeah, the Yeah, you're thinking like in, it's an exaggeration. Yeah, it's like that. there's no octopus in the movie. But then you can go on YouTube right now and type in Goonies octopus sequence. And you can watch where this a- octopus attacks them in the water. It's and- right after they all come out of the shoots and um Mouth and Steph are kind of hugging and then they're like, wait, what? You know, kind of yeah. push each other away. And so they push a Walkman in his mouth. No, it was like the tape recorder. It, just it wasn't a Walkman because it had a speaker on it, apparently. Yeah, it's just like a regular tape recorder that they had. Data had it or something, but they stuff it in the octopus's mouth. And, and it like moonwalks in the water yeah, away. Yeah, he like, starts dancing and moving around. So yeah. It was really badly animated. I mean, like the... The mechanical creature mechanical. is so bad. Yeah, and it's just stupid. <laughs> yeah, it's just... Yeah, it really is. They probably saw that and went, you know what, this is just really stupid. This is just... This is even too stupid for this movie, so... Yeah. Because when you think about... They've got Chunk and this deformed guy with super strength who are best friends. They come and save the day. 
Oh, speaking of super strength, that's what I forgot. After he saves Steph and Mountain before the brothers uh, attack him, he rips his shirt open and it's the Superman logo and they play that little John Williams. We're in deep shit now, Francis. Yeah. yeah. So I guess now he's super sloth. And then also remember Richard Donner directed Superman. Yes, he did. Yeah. And what's funny is the brothers go, "Oh shit!" Like, yeah, like oh, they know he thinks he's Superman. Now we're screwed. <laughs> so when he saves them all and they go out on the beach and the boat sails or whatever, well, that happens in a bit. But you know the family's all there, and you know we're having a reuniting. With, uh, we also get Richard Donner's scene in the film. Yeah, he's one of the cops, but... It's those goobers. Well, I'll be damned. It's them goobers. Yeah, why does he say that? Is that the original title of the movie? <laughs> the, the goobers. goobers. So when... <laughs> I they couldn't use it weird. because of the chocolate-covered peanuts. Why didn't he say goonies there? It's those goonies. I don't understand that. It's them goobers. Data's dad has his own invention with a camera, which is like the worst invention I've ever seen. It just yeah, why? Out. You can't hold a camera? It's not practical in any way. I mean, it yeah. could easily fit in his pockets. <laughs> <laughs> and also all the film comes spilling out. And Andy, that part, I don't know why it always bothers me. She goes, oh. <laughs> He's just like his father. It's like, yeah. We don't need a commentary. Well, if you look at that scene and you look at the two people with her that are playing her parents, they're just like, they've never. Why are we before. here? <laughs> they've never. <laughs> what is she talking about? <laughs> who is this? This is who, our daughter. Who is this person? My favorite part of that whole ending, though, is when Chunk goes, Sloth, you're going to live with me now. I'm going to take care of you. Because <laughs> I love you. Oh, I love you, Chuck. Oh, I love you, <laughs> What? <gasps> Did he even talk to his parents yet? No, of course not. Would If you looked at Sloth and saw your kid standing next to him, he goes, he's going to come live with us. What would you do? <laughs> yeah. Um, there's there's a lot of really about, weird moments at this end. Especially, you know, whenever the the Fratellis arrive and all the kids rush to save Sloth. Yeah. But, uh. They've got guns drawn, Bill. Yeah. They're ready to friggin' shoot the guy. What the hell is that? It might have been a more poignant ending had they gunned down Sloth. (laughs) Once the kids save him, why has nobody gone, what the hell is this thing? They're like, oh, okay, it's cool. And even the parents are like, well, we welcome Sloth with open arms into our house. He'll live in the attic. It's like, wait a second. Well, also, I forgot earlier when uh, Sloth is holding up the rock so they can escape, there's the very uncomfortable scene of Chunk with his head between Sloth's <laughs> legs, professing his love of him. Yeah. It's really just oddly staged, that scene. Am I right? Sloth, love, Chunk. Um, as a kid, I had no problem with it. As an adult, I'm creeped I'm like, out. Dude, why is his head between his legs while he's telling yeah. him this? And why does he keep saying, oh, I love you, Sloth. Yeah, don't... Why do you love him so much? Just go away, kid. You're really... you just met him less than an hour ago. <laughs> and you love him? It's an hour. It's only been an hour. Yeah. Like, how long have Chunk and Sloth been underground <laughs> looking for them? Yeah, there's no idea of time. The passage of time in the movie makes it seem like they've been in there a week or something, doesn't it? Like, him and Sloth become really good buddies. Well, apparently the kids have been, uh, you know, they've been looking for them for... And by the way, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but (laughs) when 
Chunk and Sloth show up, where did they get the pirate hat and the sword? They haven't even been on the ship yet. Have There's a deleted scene. Oh, okay. There's a deleted scene where they find that stuff. Yeah. That should have been in the movie, damn it. It's actually a pretty good scene because Chunk is talking about his relatives. Oh, okay. You're not so strange. I used to have a snake with two heads. Yeah. We also had this other friend, Joey. He's got this big hairy thing going out of his neck. And everybody always makes fun of it. So he only goes out to play at night. But you only like to go out to play at night, huh? <laughs> yeah. Hey, guys! Hey, guys! It's a great scene. I'm going to say, when the movie's wrapping up and everything, Chunk and Sloth are my favorite parts of the movie. Absolutely. Now, when I was a kid, I was like, Data's inventions and stuff. But really, they really suck. Yeah. <laughs> the, my favorite, as, as the film's wrapping up, my favorite is... Uh, just how monstrous the Fratellis are, uh -huh. how they have absolutely no care for anyone. I mean, they really are truly psychopaths. They even hate each other. Yeah, and they even hate each other, and Sloth and Chunk. Yep. I believe that relationship, that they truly, they are brothers, and they love one another deeply. And I still think that scene's weird when the daddy's about to sign, and she goes, no sign! No, no. He, well, she's she's like, ay, Dios mío, ay, Dios mío! Yeah. And, like, and then he start, she starts saying something, he's like, no pen, no right? No, no pen? No pen? No what? No right? No Peterman! No sign! 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 And they'll run to it and rip it up. Like, what? Or But the when the dad, he's like, There'll be no more signing today or ever again. Their dad is really weird, man. That whole scene is awkward. The way It kind of explains how bizarre the family is maybe that his that was his therapeutic outburst after all yes. of his worrying about money and that how many how much could those jewels be worth could it really those well i mean if they're trying to imply that those are diamonds and rubies and sapphires those are just the diamonds alone those things were enormous those are like blood diamonds yeah so those those things had to be worth a couple million a piece so Just the diamonds. So they're definitely well-to-do now. They're well-off. <laughs> they I don't could... know how many houses are in foreclosure. <laughs> I don't know. I think, but... you know, they're going to be able to pay off the homes, and then it's just going to be the goondocks again. Right. So it ends happy, Bill, doesn't it? They're they all... don't have to leave. They're, all... they're not rich, but they don't have to leave. So uh, this has been a... The Goonies, one of our favorite 80s movies, Bill. Yeah. And, I mean, it... It doesn't hold up nearly as well as it does as a kid, but I still really enjoy watching it. So do I. Yeah, I do too. I just think if, say, an adult were to watch it now, like who'd never seen it, it's hard to believe they would like it. You know what I mean? Like an, are you saying like an 18 year old kid now? Yeah, just somebody you know, who's someone never, that was born just 18 years ago, completely missed out on yeah, the whole 80s thing. Never heard of the Goonies. Just sits down to watch it. We go, what is this pile of shit? Yeah, this is a movie of its time. Right. A lot of what we like about it has to do with nostalgia. Yeah. Has to do with being a kid back in that time. There aren't a lot of 80s references except for, I mean, references. The Mark of the, Jean thing. What but... I mean is references of the time. 
other yeah. than like uh, the Gremlins reference. <laughs> but I mean, you know, they're wearing Nikes and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't know. But the movie's a lot of fun. It's also goofy as hell. Not everything is well staged and it seems rushed at times, but I still I get a lot of enjoyment out of the Goonies. Yeah, so do I. It's and you're absolutely right. It's rushed. It's not particularly well edited. It's <laughs> some of the. Uh, it has sequences that are well edited. I still think the opening sequence is well. Yeah, done. it has. It has. It, well, that's it. It has sequences. Some of right. the. It just some of it doesn't fit well together. I should say. And also, uh, the, the music is great. I think the score. The yeah, I think score. the score is iconic. I. It's well, just. So much of the music, you know, not e- not even just the theme, but the moments like the music during the um the water slide, and then there's there's kind of a theme. I don't know whose theme it is or what it's called, but it's this moment this where it's like it just it's it's it fits kind of this uh, this whimsical quality of it. Product placement. I noticed the Domino's pizza box and yep. the Pepsi cool. Yeah, the, the Pepsi. And I've never. I don't know what that ice cream was. I just figured it was some. Yeah, I, it looked like some fake or local brand. Yeah, Chunks is Swenson's, but I don't know. Is there? And there's a moment where he's like, "Oh, soda pop! I'm so thirsty." <laughs> yeah, he just says soda pop. <laughs> oh man, Pepsi. Oh, tab. Oh, delicious. <laughs> Pepsi free. Yeah. Oh, man. New Coke. I love this stuff. <laughs> new Coke. Oh, <laughs> it tastes like Pepsi. So I would say those were our bullet points right there. Kind of what yeah. we were talking about. But I had a blast, Bill, revisiting the Goonies. Same here. I, I, of- I, I give you uh, one sloth scream. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, it was great revisiting the Goonies and the 80s. Wasn't it great when we traveled back in time to see this again in a theater? It is. I love I love it. Love I tried it, love really it. hard not to step on a butterfly or anything like that. Hopefully we didn't mess with our time stream. Or maybe No, I think we're safe. Okay. Maybe we're in a different time stream now, I don't know. Yeah, an alternate time stream. Where a Goonies 2 was made. It is strange in a time where when movies were successful they had instant sequels that this never had a sequel. Well, it did have a, a, a Nintendo sequel. Right. The Nintendo game was actually fun, I remember. It wasn't bad. It was a little frustrating, but yeah, it wasn't bad. Well, Bill, everybody, thank you for visiting the Goonies with us. Revisiting the Goonies, I should say, because I know everybody has watched it a million times. Right, Bill? I hope so. And for those of you who've never seen the Goonies, this is an excuse to uh, watch it and then hear what we say. So uh, we'd like See to See if hear- you agree or disagree love to hear what you say about it in our forum or on facebook so check us out there and again guys thanks for supporting nowhere in mulberry we love you and uh come and listen to our next 80s movie you'll have to wait and see what it is what could it be bill i'm not sure there's so many that's so good we'll surprise you check you next time bye guys Rocky Road? <laughs> now this is podcasting. Raise your right hands, everybody. Okay. Repeat everything we said. I will never be betraying my good dog friend. We'll stick together until the whole world ends. Through heaven and hell and nuclear war. Good friends like us will stick like cars. Or, 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 or
Now you're a Goonie. Okay. Well, 